Y'all know me. Close games aren't my thing. They're not, I don't think they're as important, but close games do reveal weaknesses. Close games do highlight the things that your team is really struggling with. And it certainly highlighted those things for the Orlando Magic and their loss to the Phoenix Suns. We'll dive deep into this one coming up in just a moment. Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 9th, 2022. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at Philip RR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we're going to dive deep into the Orlando Magic's loss to the Phoenix Suns. What exactly went wrong? How the Magic ended up losing this game and why? Yes, it was about making or missing shots, but it was really about something more. We'll get into all that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, we want to thank you for making Locked on Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's the first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, whether it's on your way home from work, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every team in the NBA as well as NFL, NHL, and MLB, plus colleges too. Check them out wherever you download podcasts or for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Today's episode is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Close games are fun because the moments are crystallized really into very distinct parts. Um, you know, you, you could, I, I'm, I'm a believer that every moment of a game is important. I'd point to the Magic coming out slow and, and eventually tying the game early and, and the runs that they gave up throughout the course of the game. Um, but Orlando fought their way back into this game against Phoenix, even though Phoenix did not have Devin Booker, did not have Chris Paul, even though the Magic did not have Jalen Suggs. The Magic fought their way back into this game, and, and they deserve a lot of credit for that. Um, again, it... it it is meaningful to me that this team does fight back, that this team rarely gives up and rarely gets completely blown out or, or blown out in, in a way like they did Saturday against Memphis. Those games have been very, very rare. And especially as we get later into the season, you tend to see those games become more frequent with teams like Orlando um, that are at the bottom of the standings that maybe don't have the incentive to win. So uh, it is certainly a good thing that the Magic are still competing and still trying to win. Um, don't ever take that away from them. And obviously... There's a hump that they got to get over. But to me, the Magic's late game issues are, you know, there, there's a lot of ways to symbolize why the Magic are struggling to win these games and why the Magic have struggled to win these games. Close games have a way of just clarifying where your weaknesses are, just like the playoffs do. Yes, all these issues are hidden throughout the course of a game. There's a reason the Magic's record is what it is. But you don't really, you can't really put the exclamation point or, or really kind of like pinpoint exactly like this is the thing that's costing us games. This is the thing that's keeping us from winning the coin flip that is a close game. Because at the end of the day, on average, close games are coin flips. It's about making or missing a shot. And then, of course, like everything else, it's okay. Over the course of a season, where do the results fall? Um, as with everything, the you find your level. Um, and there's some interesting stats when it comes to close games 
The suggested magic should be doing a little bit better, but there's one big thing holding them back. We'll get to that in a moment here. So close games have a way of really just crystallizing why a team is struggling, why a team isn't able to do the things it's supposed to do, um, why a team isn't able to win these games um, when it just simply comes down to making plays. The Orlando Magic were down by eight midway through the fourth quarter. It's been a seesaw battle. As Jamal Mosley likes to say, it was a game of runs. Um, the the Suns raced out to a lead. The Magic came back. The Suns extended the lead. The Magic came back and on and on and on and on until we get to the end of the game. And Cole Anthony is really the big representative of, of a lot of the issues that the Magic had in this game and really for this season. Um, so, you know, I'm not singling out Cole here. I'm just going to use his game on, on Tuesday's example for what I'm trying to talk about here. Cole Anthony came back after getting an elbow from Mo Bamba with a headband on to hold a Band-Aid awkwardly in place over his nose. It, it, it's a, This dude is a tough kid. Um, so again, I'm not here to knock Cole Anthony. I, I think Cole's had a, a, a fine season. I think we really, we're, I think he spent a lot of the season kind of beginning to understand where he needs to improve, and that's all good. So Cole Anthony comes back in the game and immediately starts to kind of charge the Magic offense up. He makes a ton of big plays, including a three-pointer with about three and a half minutes to play, or about four minutes to play, and then a layup with three and a half minutes to play that tied the game at 93. So Orlando, their defense doing a good job keeping the minute. They're really locked in. There were some weak spots for sure, but Orlando tightened up. They found their they found their defensive rhythm. They got stops. They gave themselves a chance to win the game. And Cole Anthony made a lot of plays down the stretch to help the Magic win. But after scoring that 93rd point, after, after kind of getting themselves back into the game, the team sort of froze, um, for lack of a better term. That layup that tied the game at 93 with, again, three and a half minutes to play was the last field goal the Magic took all game long. And from there, there were a series of just really poor offensive possessions. Now, Orlando did take a lead very briefly on a, a pair of free throws from Wendell Carter. But it's very, very brief, about, with about two minutes to go. Phoenix was able to get back down the floor. They were able to set up a shot for Jay Crowder, who missed a three, but DeAndre Ayton was there for the tip-in rebound. As Magic were out of position to defend the three-pointer and defend the pick-and-roll that set it up. Um, Orlando then went back down to the other floor. Uh, they got uh, uh, they got they set Wendell Carter up for a post-up on DeAndre Ayton, which was not a good idea. Carter missed his jumper. Bamba had his putback blocked by Ayton. Phoenix was eight. Phoenix missed a shot. Orlando gets a second chance to take the lead. Cole Anthony sets himself up with a pick and roll to get to the elbow, a good spot for him, and misses the shot. You can live with the you can live with the maker miss shot if that's if that's how it goes. It was a decent look. The problem though is Orlando's offense just went into the tank, and that unfortunately has been the reality. That's unfortunately been the norm in these close games. In close games, Orlando's played the fewest close games, the fewest clutch games, which means the 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 scores within five points in the final five or five points in the final five minutes. That's played the fewest such games of those in the league. They're only thirty-two. It's actually tied with two other teams. Um, you can probably guess the two. Um, but Orlando is also the only team with fewer than ten clutch wins to their name. Now, why is this so? Because there's a weird statistical quirk going on here, and obviously. Clutch games are smaller sample sizes, so you get weird statistical quirks like this. The Orlando Magic have a positive net rating in clutch situations. They're plus 0.6 in clutch situations. 
Why? Well, given up only a, they're only giving up 101 points per 100 possessions. Usually in close games, defense, usually in clutch situations, defenses get a lot better. And the reason is because offenses in the NBA are stupid and they stop running their stuff. They go to these four down ISO sets. They go to these high pick and rolls with four players along the, along the baseline. They're essentially just trying to clear space and go ISO, which is the least efficient play in the NBA. The only other play that's less efficient than an isolation is a post-up. The Magic did both of those in this game. And again, that's where we get to Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony is a big catalyst for this team. He is one of the few guys that can create his own shot off the dribble, and you need guys like that. Um, I would say, you know, unfortunately for, unfortunately for the Magic, Cole Anthony's absorbed a lot of the mistakes that the Magic have had to make this year. Um, essentially, Orlando knows, and they, pro- they probably understand this, They've given Cole a bigger role than he can handle. They've given him more responsibility than would probably lead to his and the team's success and allow and kind of have to live with his mistakes and his missteps. And all this is, in some respects, to put Franz Wagner in a position where he can grow, to put Jalen Suggs in a position where he can grow. So they're not the ones absorbing these mistakes and, yeah, maybe picking up some bad habits. It's also, you know, again, Cole, this is part of who Cole is. He is a scorer. Uh, that is his mentality. You need guys like that. I don't mind the Magic necessarily running their their offense through Cole late in games. He's proven that he can hit these shots, that he has the, the, the skill and the ability to hit these shots. But obviously, it is super inefficient. Because while the Magic's defense has been very good in late-game situations, their offense only scores 101 points per 100 possessions in clutch situations. As coaches will tell you, they put their, um, they put their best offensive lineups in late in games because... At the end of the day, you got to make baskets. And that's really the point here. It it doesn't take a genius to know the Magic's offense sucks. It is not a good offense. They do not score a lot of points. When it works, for the brief moments that it does work, it's really nice. I think the Magic have a lot of really modern concepts. I think their offense is getting uh, more modern and, 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 and better. Um, I do like a lot of things the Magic run. They don't have the personnel to run it. They don't have the personnel to run it effectively or... or, or, or to beat, te- beat teams. Teams know what they can sit on. They know they can switch. They know they can do all these things to just frustrate and stymie the Magic. Orlando does not have a guy that's going to beat a set defense, and that's that's why we are where we are. That's why the team is where it is. As John Schumann pointed out on his uh, power rankings on NBA.com, the Orlando Magic are in the bottom five of all four off- four factors on offense. Um, they're the only team to, be, to, to, to get that ignominious claim. Um, in the 25 years that they've been tracking advanced stats on, on or at least that NBA.com has data on, on the four factors. That's the reality. This offense sucks. And close games highlight that more. Close games make it clear how much this team struggles to kind of bring all that together. Because, again, in a close game like the one that we saw Tuesday night, it's about making shots. End of the day, everyone says it's a make or miss league. You can live with losing if you just miss a shot, if you get a good shot, but it's about making shots. You got to make plays. At the end of the day, the, the goal is to put the ball in the basket. You can do process over results as much as you want, but the results are dependent on making shots. And again, more often than not, I mean, Orlando doesn't have a lot of data on this. More often than not, Orlando misses shots in big moments, or they're not able to get good shots in big moments, and and that kills their offense. 
I would say in the last two minutes of this game, Orlando's offense was really unimpressive. A post-up for Wendell Carter against a really good defender, DeAndre Ayton, just putting him one-on-one on an island. That's not a position for success. Cole Anthony hitting a mid-range jumper. He got a decent look at it, but continually Orlando does not run their offense. And as most fans would tell you, why isn't Franz Wagner touching the ball? Usually when the offense works, the ball finds its way to Franz. Um, and so if you're running a lot of ISOs and Franz isn't touching the ball late in games, the Magic's offense isn't going to work. And that's the reality of it. The Magic's offense just kind of doesn't work. The Magic do something to beat themselves or to keep themselves from running their offense as much as anything else. I, for the life of me, do not understand why NBA offenses go into the shell late in the games. Run your stuff. Run your stuff. Just run your offense. Get points. That's what matters. Trust your defense to get a stop if you get a quick basket. Get points. That's what matters. And if you look at the other side, if you look at Phoenix, who has the best record and the most clutch wins this season, that's a team that understands its stuff, even without some of their most important players. That's a team that understands how to play and how to win. And something the Magic are aspiring to be. We'll go over the final box score here in a moment. Talk a little bit about Markel Fultz as well coming up in just a moment. But first, are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA? Then you need to try the award-winning app, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this game, and you will too. If you're not familiar with how Prize Picks work, here's what you do. It's really easy to do. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections at projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Unlike some of those other daily fantasy games where you're playing against thousands of other people, a lot of them are professionals who know what they're doing. A lot of them flood those entries with multiple, multiple entries so they rack up all the prize money um, and push you down to the bottom. I remember playing some of those other games. I'd be lucky to make my money back even if I did win because it was just so, but it was such a big pool. This is completely different. The, the prize picks gives you the projected numbers. So let's say over under 15 and a half points for Cole Anthony, over under 10 and a half rebounds for Wendell Carter. You pick over or under that number and it's just you versus the house. If you win, if you pick the right over and under, you win. And if you win enough, win enough of those in your group, you win not just a little bit, you win big. That's the, that's the truth. So Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Its entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. So use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from points scored, rebounds, and even steals. And Prize Picks doesn't just offer NBA, they have options on the college basketball, college football, NFL, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. For a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get $50 for free if a player in your first Prize pick, Picks entry scores a single point, but you must use code NBA. That's right, this is an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans. Sign up today and use code NBA, $50 for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. For your next listen, go check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis, from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. 
Let's go through the final box score of Tuesday's loss to the Phoenix Suns, a 102-99 defeat. Um, again, a really close game. I, I think Orlando did a really a lot of really good things, and I know I mentioned about how poor the Magic's offense played late in the game. Still scored 28 points. They had 56 points in the second half, so the Magic's offense did come alive, and I think that's what was so disappointing about the way the Magic closed the game was they 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 were doing good things. They were flowing offensively. They were finding open guys that and then it just like late in the game, the pressure ratcheted up, ratcheted up. Um, the intensity intensity grew, and the team kind of went into that shell again. It's the biggest pet peeve of mine about the NBA is how offenses go into a shell late in games. Run your stuff. It got you there. Run your stuff. Um, and trust your defense to get stops. Um, let's go through that final box score though. Wendell Carter, twenty points, eight for fourteen shooting, one for three from deep, twelve rebounds for him. He was really good. Um, you know, I went to me, Wendell Carter is the best player on this team. Uh, he's just so consistent. Uh, he's able to beat you offensively in a number of different ways. Um, you know, he, he gets in trouble when he tries those post-ups. You know, that post-up against DeAndre Ayton, that's hero ball. That's not his game. That isn't how he should be playing. He does such a good job kind of making decisions in the gaps of, of defense and the gaps of the zone um, and, and, and just rarely makes bad choices. That was a bad choice from Wendell Carter. It happens very, very rarely for him. Um, so I, 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 I really liked Wendell's game. I thought he provided good defense, good solid defense when he was able to match up with DeAndre Ayton. Um, he was just a, a rock for this team. He's always been a rock for this team. Cole Anthony, 11 points, four for 14 shooting, one for five from three, five assists for him. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, Anthony scored nine of his 11 points in the fourth quarter. So, Really came alive late. Um, you know, again, just kind of got that extra oomph of energy. Um, you know, just kind of getting hit in the face, kind of woke him up a little bit. Um, again, it just did a lot of things that he did well early in the season. He set up his shots well. Uh, he, he, you know, really worked well within the flow of the offense. He looked to attack and got downhill a little bit more than we've seen of late. Uh, but uh, again, like there are limit that Coy Anthony is starting to hit uh, some, some of his limitations. It's something he's going to have to break through this off season. Um, it's a big off season for Cole Anthony. Um, he really struggles to get separation against switching defenses. If he can't get around a screen uh, and get downhill, the offense just stops. And, and the way the magic are trying to play their offense, trying to play at a faster pace. Cole can do that. Cole can get up the floor really quickly. Um, but within the half court setting, he tends to slow things down and tends to bog things down. And that was, a big factor in the magic struggles in this one. Um, you know, it, it is, we'll talk about Markel Fultz in more detail here, but Markel Fultz is playing really well in the limited minutes he's got, he's getting. Um, it was very, very clear that Orlando want that, that Jamal Mosley wants to play him more, but they're just, they're, they're focused on, they're focused on his long-term health and kind of managing his return here. He won't play tonight against new Orleans, for instance. Um, but it, it, it's, it's painfully obvious that, Fultz runs this team better right now um, than, than than Cole, and, and and that's you know you don't want to make decisions too hastily. You don't want to make final decisions at this point. You're not changing roles significantly this late in the season, but Cole's got a lot of work to do. He's got to become a more efficient jump shooter. He's got to become a more effective playmaker. He's got to learn how to break these these traps um, that that he runs into uh, and these switches that he struggles with um, if he wants to kind of keep moving forward it, forward this 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 uh, with this team. Uh, we'll talk more about Marco Fultz in a bit, but 11 points, five for 10 shooting, uh, four assists for him. He did have four fouls as well as two turnovers, uh, plus a, a team high plus nine. Um, 
Fultz just really dynamic, does a great job pushing the pace. You, you just trust him with the ball. And again, late late games, uh, you trust him to get the team organized and get the team a good shot, probably a little bit more than any other point guard on the roster. And that's saying something considering he missed so much time. Bo Wagner continues to play well, 12 points, seven rebounds off the bench for him. Uh, Franz Wagner, only six points, three for eight shooting again. Franz Wagner should not have eight field goal attempts. Orlando only with 92 field goal attempts this game. So this game played at Phoenix's pace, much slower pace than maybe what the Magic are used to. Um, Franz has got to get more involved. The Magic have to make it a point to keep Franz involved. Um, and, and I think that's something that, that Jamal Mosley is going to have to tailor his offense around a little bit more heading into next season. Mo Bamba with a solid game as well. Nine points, 15 rebounds, just four for 11 shooting, though one for six from deep. Really struggled handling DeAndre Ayton on the interior, especially early in the game. Big reason why Orlando was, was always playing catch-up in this one. DeAndre Ayton finishes with 21 points, 19 rebounds for the Suns, including four offensive rebounds that had a big one there late. Landry Shamit with 21 points made six three-pointers uh, as Orlando struggled to, to, to guard the perimeter throughout the course of the game. And campaign with 18 points, 12 assists uh, for the Phoenix Suns. Orlando shoots just 38% from, from the floor, just 7 of 39 from beyond the arc. Did not hate the Magic's three-point looks. I know there's a lot of mag- – I saw a lot of Magic fans saying, why are the Magic taking so many threes? They're just missing and missing and missing and missing. I did not hate the looks. They were getting open looks. They were getting good shots. Um, I'd rather them take an open three and miss it than not take it because at this, uh, uh, to some extent, we are at process over results. Get good shots. Get, get good looks. Feel what the offense is supposed to feel like when you get a good look. And if you missed a shot, it's a make or miss leak. You can live with it. Um, the Magic got to make shots. Like, again, that's the highlight of everything is Orlando's got to make shots if they want to win games. And obviously, that's uh, another step in the process. But uh, the Magic have got to kind of get themselves back. Uh, the Magic have got to get themselves shooters, but they're, they're getting the shots and getting the looks that they want. So I, I, I'm not upset with the looks. I'm not upset that the Magic took that many threes. Uh, there, there are a few that they settled on. I'm not going to deny that. But um, I'm not so upset with the number of threes the Magic took um, or the number that they made. I thought they got good looks and give the Magic their credit. Their defense kept them in the game. There's very rarely a game you're going to win uh, when you're shooting less than 20% from beyond the arc. The Magic kept themselves in this game. Uh, their defense deserves a lot of credit. And if there's something that can come out of this game, um, you know, so- certainly something that should have come out of the Toronto game on Friday, the Magic's defense can carry them uh, to the end. We'll talk a little bit more about Markel Fultz and the process of bringing him back coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's February. We all have given up on our New Year's resolutions at this point. I know I have, but Bill Barr is here to tell you, don't give up. Don't give up on that resolution. That thing you want to do, we're not even two, uh, are two months. Well, it's March. It's not February anymore, but we're only two and a half months into the calendar year. We're not even a quarter of the way through the season. There is, or the, the year, everything's a season. Um, it is not time to give up on yourself. There's still plenty of time to get back up on the bike, get back up on the horse, get back up on it, and, and achieve your New Year's resolutions. And Built Bar is here to help you do that, to give you the energy and the protein that you need to get the job done. The Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, essentially is a candy bar. So take that candy out of your diet, put Built Bar into it, and you your body will be thanking you. We all need that chocolate fix. We all need that sweet, savory taste, and that's what Built Bar gives you. All Built Bars are covered in 1% chocolate, they have these great bars called Puffs, which are marshmallowy and fluffy and delicious um, that come in great flavors like churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. And they also have their regular bars, which come in great flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, 
white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious and new flavors come out all the time. Most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Certainly better than your typical candy bar. All these bars, again, covered in 100% real chocolate. They give you the kick you need to get you through your day, uh, recover from a workout, or just as a great low-calorie snack. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. So we've had now, what, four games of Markel Fultz. It's been more than a week since Markel Fultz returned. And obviously Fultz uh, will probably will, will sit out tonight's game in New Orleans, regardless of Cole Anthony's stat- status. Um, Markel Fultz is just operating on a different schedule. Um, it's not about wins and losses when it comes to Markel Fultz. It's just about him getting back, him recovering, and just following the the, mat, the plan, whatever that plan is, to get him back uh, in, into shape and, and into the swing of things um, with the team. Um, but again, it is painfully obvious. Um, you know, I think uh, reporters asked Jamal Mosley about this when he took Marco Fultz out of the game. They seemed to share a moment, and it seemed to be like a almost. I'm sorry, I have to take you out, but this is this is the plan, and we got to stick stick to the plan right now. We we're not going to play you more than X amount of minutes. Uh, Fultz played about 17 and a half minutes uh, on uh, on Tuesday in Tuesday's game. Um, so there's there's very clearly a sense that yes. The Magic are playing a little bit with one hand t- tied behind their back because Fultz has been super impressive in his return. And, and yes, it is putting a lot of pressure on some of the other guards that the Magic have because Fultz has been really good. It's been really, really good. Um, it's it's obviously a lot more complicated than that, and there's a lot more that has to go into it. And, and we haven't seen Fultz play with that full starter group. We've seen him play a little bit with Cole. Haven't seen him play with Jalen yet. So there's a lot of experimenting, a lot of testing out that the Magic will want to do. But for now, you know, we're a week into Markel Fultz's return to the court. Uh, and it's very, very clear that there are, that he's doing good things, that he is pushing the pace and putting the magic in a good spot um, for their development and for the way they want to play. More than any other player, um, the magic play at a faster pace when Fultz is on the floor. Um, but it never feels like he's out of control. I think that's the real important part. Um He's never out of control. He's always in control of the game, and you're and you're always playing at the speed he wants you to play at. And that's a really special gift. Um, you know, Chris Paul gets that compliment a lot. I'm not saying Marco Fultz is Chris Paul levels, but Orlando needs a guy that can control the pace really, really well. If they want to play at a faster pace, if they want to play at, at that speed, you got to have control. And it's something RJ Hampton's talked about that he needs to learn. We can all agree that Jalen Suggs needs to learn that. Cole Anthony is still kind of getting the finer points of that. Marco Fultz already has a doubt. And really what the last 16, 17 games of the season are now about is getting everyone up to Markel Fultz's speed, getting everyone uh, used to what Markel can do. Um, as Wendell Carter said after practice on Monday, um, you know, there's a game, there's a moment in the law lo- in the loss of the Pacers last week where Markel hit Wendell with a pass that he was not expecting. And the, the advice that Wendell gar- got from the Magic Assistant coaching staff is always have your hands ready. Markel's going to find you. Um, that's just that's just a different level of point guard that that than what the Magic currently have, to be frank. And we all suspected that because Markel Fultz had such good control over a game, because he's able to control pace so well, because he's such a gifted passer, 
we've all suspected that the magic would get better when Fultz is on the floor. Now, the numbers are still too early to read too much into it. Um, Orlando was really poor off throughout at least uh, entering Tuesday's game, really poor offensively, like a sub 100 offensive rating um, with Fultz on the floor, despite that increased pace. He's been in a lot of bad lineups um, that would that would portend to those struggles. But, you know, again, it, Fultz hasn't been the panacea for the Magic's offense at all. But there's still a lot everyone can learn from him. There's still a lot that, that the Magic can get from him. And Fultz is finding his comfort. It is probably not a coincidence that this is this was the second or third game that Fultz has scored 10 or more points in the limited minutes that he's played. It's no coincidence that Fultz is at least the last time I checked, second on the team in potential assists per game, according to NBA.com's uh, stats from Second Spectrum. Um, and so coincidence that Fultz creates scoring opportunities. Again, it's just a matter of making those shots. It's been a, a wild ride with Marco Fultz, even through this first week uh, of him returning. Um, and there's been a lot to be excited and a lot of promise about that. But it's still a long way to go. And that part is important to remember too. Fultz is still in his recovery process. He's still getting back into the swing of things. And while he has been very, very impressive, Magic are right to remain cautious and, and careful with him, even though it is starting to become very, very clear that playing him more is going to lead to more success on the court. We'll see just how much his role continues to expand, just how much he's more he's able to do, because it's very, very clear that Orlando wants more of him. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter. At, you can find us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Sit your tune in, Himbley, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, all the places on the podcast to your podcast and able listening device. You can find me on Twitter at Philip R underscore me. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at O Magic Daily. Now that you're done listening to us, make your second listen Locked On NBA. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about the Orlando Magic's game against the New Orleans Pelicans. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this is Phil Frost. We'll see you again for another episode of Locked On Magic.